What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with another episode of Dynasty Decisions, episode 42. If you guys are new around here, this is where we take your user questions. Basically, you guys want to know who should I pick in my rookie draft? Uh, what do you think of this trade? Am I contending? Am I rebuilding? Uh, before we get into this, Danny, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. And, uh, you know, the common theme of every one of these videos is me saying that exact line. But yeah, I'm fired up. A lot of submissions recently, a lot of new recent action that has been taking place with a lot of people getting into startups, finishing their rookie drafts, looking for advice on potential transitions. And that's what Dynasty Decisions is here for, to help you guys make those decisions in your Dynasty Leagues. Yep. A couple quick plugs too. If you guys like this video at all, hit the like button. It looks like this. Even if you don't like it, just hit the like button. It really helps us out. Comment down below and your thoughts. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Go check out the Patreon. Like I said, check out our TikTok fantasy stock exchange over on there. And also, if you guys are interested in consultations, we have that listed in the description down below. And check out our sponsor, underdogfantasy.com, using promo code FSE. You'll get 100% at sign up and first deposit from them. And you'll also get our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto, which has all of our rookie rankings, all of our you know positional rankings, bucketed rankings for free as a thank you for using our code over there. So now let's get into the video. Set the intro. All right, so for the first team of the video, we actually got the patron over here, and that's going to be from Tyler Browning. So this is a one-quarterback full PPR league, and basically he lists his team here, his projected draft capital in the next upcoming years, as well as some trades and picks he made in his recent rookie draft. He kind of just wanted us to go over. Uh, he mentions here in terms of the main questions he has, feels like his team is gearing towards a rebuild, or can he compete? And if I do rebuild, what should I be looking to get for Adam? So... You guys can see the team, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Kenny Pickett at the quarterback position, running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Chase Edmonds, James Cook, etc. there. Wide receivers, you got Devontae Adams, Marquise Brown, Michael Gallup, etc. there. Uh, actually, I mean, Drake London's listed below Quez Watkins, so um, he's definitely not an, an etc. type of piece. But either way, and then at tight end, you got T.J. Hawkinson along with the draft capital on the side. So when looking at this team, what are your main thoughts here, Corey? Yeah, I would say like I'm kind of my eyes are drawn to the trades and I got to be honest, I don't really like either of them. Uh, so let's just go right to the trades. He, he made some recent trades. He sent away to a tongue of Iloa and the 204 for the 108. Now it is like you said, it is a one quarterback league. So I'm that that's a fine trade. I just have a problem with who you picked at 108 in James Cook. Uh, I just think it's too high for him. Even in a one quarterback league, you should probably pass, you know, one of Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, Chris Olave type of wide receiver. And I just can't do it uh, with, at that point with James Cook. He does say I, I did it because I love him. That's fair. But if you were gearing towards a rebuild, I probably wouldn't suggest picking a running back period, let alone a guy that may still only have short-term value as a pass catching type of running back. So I probably, I, I like the trade that you made, but I probably would have went with, you know, Dotson assuming he was on the board. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, it's clearly, you know, you got your player, you took him. Understand it. We can't give you, you know, full marks for it, but I at least understand why you did it. It's just, I don't know. There's nothing else I could, I could really say there. It's too early for me. It's too early for Corey. But I mean, it, it is your team. If James Cook hits, then that's your guy. You get the double benefit there. So there's more um, at stake for you, if you will. Uh, and moving on to the next deal, I'm going to keep it a buck. I really don't like it. I really don't like this uh, Saquon Barkley deal. I would have rather, like, if this was like James Robinson and you could potentially have fetched, you know, like a first, I would have, I would have been fine with that. But I don't know. I mean, 
you got the question mark about James Robinson's recovery from his Achilles. Again, if James Robinson's healthy and he returns to the status that he was prior to injury, like this trade can work out for you, but it's just a lot of risk here because I do I don't think DJ Chark is a, a needle mover for me at all. He's probably like a 2023 20, third type of value. So if I were talking relative to picks here, I'd probably say James Robinson's probably an early to mid second this year, 2023 second, and DJ Chark. And me personally, if I'm selling Barkley, I would need probably in the at least 105 type of range to consider it. Yeah, I think with Barkley too, you're going to realize if you have Barkley and you are trying to sell him that you're you're going to have to wait till the season starts to yes. do it because he he just has the stigma around him, right? He can't stay healthy. Nobody's going to believe it until he's on the field. And once they believe it, he's going to go up in value to the tune of like something we've never seen, a meteoric rise back up to the top of the running back charts in Dynasty, assuming he does stay healthy. So I would have just held Barkley, even if I was a rebuilding team. I would still just hold Barkley, see what happens with him. If you get to the midpoint of the season, you're two and five, you're starting to gear towards your rebuild. At that point, you sell Barkley, you sell Adams, you sell all your you know, contending pieces because those guys are going to have more value in season than they will have now when we're in peak rookie season right now. So I'd, uh, I I definitely would have at least held Barkley and sold him at a later point, if not just had held them all together. Because I think if you had Barkley on this team, it's possible that you can compete with this team because it's a one quarterback league. You have Patrick Mahomes, J.K. Dobbins, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, Marquise Brown, Michael Gallup, T.J. Hawkinson as your starting lineup. I think that's in Drake London, yep. obviously, too, with James Cook on the bench. I think that probably is a, a competable team. I would I would have held Barkley and just kind of seen how it rolled. I will say, though, I mean, he lists his draft results here. Uh, other than the James Cook, we thought it was a little bit early, but you kind of already addressed that by saying, you know, you got your guy. Drake London, 104, especially in a one quarterback, which, I mean, isn't as different because there was no quarterbacks like slate ahead of him regardless 104 drake london smash pick there love that value he's my 102 score is 102 so getting him at a two pick discount if you will is very very nice can he pick it i mean even a one quarterback league i think 211s of a boat appropriate for him so I, I don't mind that there and then tyler algier getting him at the 301 in a one quarterback league is absolute money in the bank so i will say i mean other than a little bit of a reach on james cook i think you really killed your rookie draft yeah, as far as like where you should go, should I gear towards a rebuild? Should I compete? A lot of things will probably have to break right for you to compete yeah. with this team. I would say J.K. Dobbins being one of the biggest pieces that needs to break right because we don't know how healthy he's going to be, et cetera, et cetera. So I would probably, you know, go into the season. If you can't sell these guys for like a good value now, I would see what you can get for Adams. I would see what you can get for Dobbins. I would see what you can get for Even anybody Hawkinson. that's, yeah, Hawkinson yeah. too. Anybody that's like a win now type <laughs> of piece. If you're not getting the value that you want to get, then I would probably go into the season and, and sell those point uh, guys at a later time. He asked specifically, what should I be looking to get for Devontae Adams? If you can tear Two down ones. a wide receiver, get a young guy, and also get a first-round pick attached to it for the win-now appeal that Devontae Adams gives you. So if you can go down from Devontae Adams to Brandon Ayuk in a first or you know Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore in a first for Devontae Adams, that's probably something I would be looking to do. I know it's, it's obviously going to take you out of a win-now contention, but that's probably the direction I would go at this point. I think the second you sold Barkley, you probably um, took yourself out of contending. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in terms of relative value, yeah, like if you can get, I mean, in more like casual leagues and more redraft centric leagues, maybe you can get two ones for him. Maybe you can get, as Corey mentioned, you know, an IU can a first, or I was going to say Marquise Brown in a first, but you already have Marquise Brown. So that's a big plus there. Pittman in a first, um, maybe. Pittman in a first would be very nice. Uh, Olave, Jamison Williams in the first, like something like that, uh, is kind of what I would be gearing toward here. So 
overall, I, I like the foundation here. You got a lot of move, movable pieces for the most part. You have a lot of pieces that you can transition and really make this thing a dominant team by 2023, 2024. But I would agree with your assessment right now. I'd be trying to gear towards more of a rebuild than trying to go all out right now. Yeah, I also think, too, even in a one-quarterback league, Mahomes probably has a lot of value, and yeah. you do still have Watson as a young quarterback, too, so I wouldn't mind just selling Mahomes also and yeah. um, and using Watson as your building block going forward because if, you, if you're not competing until 2023, 2024, I mean, Watson's still going to be like 27 years old, 28 years old at that time, so you're going to have plenty of time for him to be uh, obviously a very good competing window type of uh, player for you. So I would probably go Mahomes, Dobbins, Adams, see what you can fetch for those guys. And if you're not getting the value that you want to get, again, like I said, I'd probably wait until mid-season, early in the season, and try and see what you can get for them at that point in time. The reason why Hawkinson's a very interesting sell to me, again, like, you know, he's a young tight end. He's got hype around him. He commanded targets when he was healthy last year. But the way I'm kind of looking at it is that his market value, you could probably net, if not exactly, potentially close to a 2023 first straight up for him right now. And if I'm looking at it, like Michael Mayer next year may even be in the Hawkinson range but at a better opportunity cost because he's probably going to be a second round pick. So if I'm looking at him, like if I can move, you know, Hawkinson for maybe, you know, 2023 one and two or 2023 one straight up and then just transition next year into mayor and build out my flexes, build out my running back and wide receiver next year in 2024. I think that would be a better uh, cost efficient way to rebuild your team. For sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Roger's team. Another patron yep. of ours, 12 teams, super flex PPR. He lists his team here. Uh, obviously it's a very well-constructed team. I would say very young team. Herbert and Burrow as his top two quarterbacks and a super flex Najee, Brees Hall, ETN as his top running backs. Uh, T Higgins, Drake, London, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, Christian Watson as his top wide receivers. Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth as a double stack at tight end there. Doesn't have his first round pick or his third round pick in 2023, but he does have all of his 2024 and 2025 picks. So, he basically asked, should I flip some of my young assets or try and compete with my current team? So I would say right off the bat that aside from quarterback three, which I mean, Goff is still a starting quarterback, so it's not a terrible quarterback yeah. three to have. I think you can compete with this team as young as it is. I, I do think that if things break right and those rookie wide receivers are, if things break right, that hinges on those guys, I would probably see if you can compete with this team. The one move that I would make is trying to see what you can get for Pat Fryermuth, and maybe you could transition yes. him into a more win-now type of wide receiver that makes it not completely reliant on all your young wide receivers to win this year. I'm curious here. Uh, you you would know more than me. Does he mention if this is a tight end premium or not? He he did not, I don't think. So okay. I would say, but still, Fryermuth should be able to, if somebody's looking to maybe transition to a rebuild or something, and you wanted to offer them Fryermuth and you know your fourth rounder in 2023 and see if you can go after like Keenan Allen or somebody in that um, vicinity of wide receiver, you might be able to pull off a move like that. If they're really in on Pat Fryer, I mean, see if you can find a Steelers fan in your league or something like that too. Well, um, I do think that would be a, the type of move I would be looking to make because while I love all those young receivers that you have, it is pretty tough to rely on those guys to help you compete. And worst case scenario with this team, I still think this is just like a house money year for you. You could try and compete this year. And if you can't, you're still going to be a young team, still going to be an ascending team in 2023. And at that point in time, your wide receivers should be a lot more known uh, as far as what they can give you uh, going into the season. Yeah, for example, uh, you you mentioned Fryermuth, right? Like Keenan Allen, market value is about similar. Darnell Mooney, Brandon Ayuk. Um, Mike Williams would be a good show too. Uh, there's a lot of like potential receivers. Maybe you can get Hopkins plus four Fryermuth given the, the status of your team. You know, you have the depth right now to be able to, you know, stomach that loss of Hopkins for the first six games. And then when Hopkins comes back, he could be a very, very good contributor for you as well. 
And you could probably get them at even more of a discount because the fact that the, the owner that currently has Hopkins may be saying, oh, I don't want to wait these six weeks. I want to win. I want to win. And you know how it is in Dynasty. People are impatient, impatient, impatient. They let you get value. So uh, those would be the type of receivers you, you mentioned, Allen. I mentioned Hopkins, Mike Williams, someone in that vicinity for Fryermuth, I think would be appropriate, especially given the contract of your team. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the best way you can handle this team is pretty much see if you can acquire one win now wide receiver. If you're not able to, if nobody's in on Fryermuth, I'd probably just play with house money this year. And maybe if Fryermuth is breaking out midseason, then you sell them at that point. Um, you can transition, you know, whatever receiver that you want on this team into maybe a more win now uh, type of piece. But to answer your original question, should I flip some of your young assets for more win now type of guys? Like, i.e., would you flip Jamison Williams for a win now wide receiver? I probably wouldn't. There's no need to force competing this year, but I do think you could if you just add one more win now wide receiver. And then again, I wouldn't force that trade either. If, if only, but if the best thing you can get for Pat Fryermuth is, you know, some shitty win now wide receiver like Marvin Jones or something, like don't obviously make that move. The one caveat I will say too is, um, like Christian Watson's also a name that sticks out to me because, I mean, uh, to be fair, you may be higher on him than we are. Because, well, obviously, you are if you have him on your team, but maybe I, I would gauge the market value of him. If it, if this was my personal team, I would see, you know, maybe you can get, what, Jameis in a second for him? Like late late projected second? Like, maybe. Where, where you, I was actually thinking you go after a wide receiver with that. If you, that go for, like, if you go for Watson and, like, your fourth rounder this year and you can get up to, like, Mike Evans maybe or you can get up to maybe um, Cortland Sutton or somebody like that, I think that might be um, a decent move yeah. to make. And, and like you said, Mike Williams kind of in that territory as well. Um, if you're in on Amari Cooper, I guess he would also kind of fit that bill as well. Yep. So that's basically kind of how we're thinking about your team. For the most part, I would just, you know, go into this year with your young team, see what happens midseason if you're, you know, two and five, then just stick with the rebuild. You should be good in 2023. If you're, you know, six and one, maybe mid season, you trade away your second round pick for a, a win now wide receiver or something like that, or your 2024 first or something. Um, so I think, I think you're in a pretty good spot. You're, you're well set up for the future and for the, uh, the current season that we have at hand for us. So let's move on to AJ's team. He is also a patron of ours, 12 team, half PPR, one quarterback league, but it is a six point per passing touchdown. So not quite the value at quarterback of a, Superflex league, but still, um, you know, somewhat valuable at that position. And you have, you know, the best quarterback in fantasy and Josh Allen. You have Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, uh, Cordero Patterson, etc. Stephon Diggs, Marquise Brown, Drake London, Chris Olave, Devontae Smith, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley. Pretty good wide receiver core. Um, George Kittle at tight end and uh, some other guys there. Uh, mid first in 2023, but he does not have his second or his third. And then he doesn't have his first, second, third or fourth in 2024. And he does have all of his picks in 2025. So um, he does have a couple trades listed here for us. Traded Robert Woods, a 2023 third, a 2024 third, and Mitchell Trubisky for More Ezekiel Elliott. More than fine with that. I mean, I'm looking at this team right now. You can clearly compete with this team. Yeah. It, it, am I skeptical about Zeke's long-term value? Of course. Do I think he's going to be, you know, a, a needle mover, top five running back this year? No, but... I mean, if you're getting, you know, a top 15 type of running back for Robert Woods, who's a 31-year-old receiver coming off a torn knee, two-thirds, two dart throws, and Mitchell Trubisky, a backup quarterback, I'm fine with making this move given your current status as a win-now type of team for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, this is the rare exception to the rule. Yeah. We're ever going to take the Ezekiel Elliott side of a trade. But when you're trading, you know, fodder type of pieces, I'm, I'm cool with it. And Robert Woods maybe has a little bit more value than we're giving him credit for. But it is, he is a risky acquisition because of the ACL tear and because of when it happened and because of how old of a player he is. So um, 
could could work out for the other guy depending on how Robert Woods turns out. But I would say in your situation, if Zeke Elliott is a, a solid flex piece for you, that's obviously going to work out in your yep. favor. So uh traded KJ Hamler away for the 308. Um I don't mind it. it. I think that's probably equivalent value. I, I don't think yeah. KJ Hamler is worth anything more than like a mid third. You end up getting Jelani Woods with that gives you some depth at the tight end position. He also lists where he spent all of his draft capital to um, getting Matt Corral at the four Oh one, even in a one quarterback league. I think that's a great pick there. And then the running backs, he just loaded up Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson, Hassan Haskins, all those guys, good value on the wide receivers as well. So he basically just says, uh, what should I do? Top two team in the league. I, you know, assume you probably are a top team in your league. What you do at this point is just go and compete. Yeah. Well, I was going to mention, I mean, the one thing I'd say maybe uh, if you want like, in your position, you have a lot of like good young ascending pieces. If you want to turn Olave into, you know, a Terry McLaurin or um, like somebody else, like Chris Godwin or somebody else that should point up, put up more points year one. I'm fine with making that time type of transition. Again, am I forced to make that transition? No, but in your current status, maybe, trying to get an extra other ceiling shot for production this year, I wouldn't mind making that move, given the fact that you've already built out that depth. You've already built out that young appreciation in your roster. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting, you know, uh, Alave into, as I mentioned, the Godwin type, uh, Terry McLaurin type, you know, someone like that. Yeah, I, the one thing that does stick out to me a little bit is having a rookie running back on your team that will probably have like a, a mass start to the season. If I had to guess, just cause he's a rookie running back, they're probably going to have like a nice even split or something. I would, do you consider transitioning Brees Hall into Christian McCaffrey with a team built this, this way? I would need plus. I would. Need yeah. Plus. If, if the guy's willing to give you Christian McCaffrey in a first or some shit. For oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, and I'm definitely okay yeah. doing that. But like, I, I just, I mean, our tone setters league, AJ's in the league. Like I just drafted Saquon and Christian McCaffrey in that league. So I have like the win now yeah. running back build right now. So, um, I mean, when you have, when you have Barkley and Elliot on your team, you could probably afford to transition Brees Hall into a bit more of a win now piece. Maybe you could even transition him into Najee Harris. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't mind that. Najee's still a little bit to me because I, I don't know if he has like that ceiling to take you over the top, given the fact that he had the volume last year and he didn't really, you know, produce league winning type of numbers while we still I mean, have was, that. He was a top five running back. I, I think we should chill a little bit with that. You know what I mean though, when I'm talking relative. Yeah, like, sure. Sure. Um, like, but yeah, I think we could probably move on from AJ's team. I think he's yeah. well set up. Just go and compete. You don't really have to do anything if you don't want to. So uh, let's go on to DJ platinum's team here. 12 teams, super flex, half PPR tight end premium. I'll let you uh, take it away with this and shout out to DJ platinum. He always sends us a well-organized yeah. sheet here. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly shout that out as well. I mean, super organized, super clean, super easy to follow. Main ones being Deshaun Watson and Trey Lance there. Running backs, you guys can see Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, Brian Robinson, etc. heading that group. Wide receivers, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Wandale. Basically the whole rookie wide receiver class on DJ Platinum's team. You definitely know he watches some FSC content with that build. And then a tight end, I mean, you got the one and only, the savior himself, Kyle Pitts. So overall, I mean... There's a lot of good appreciating assets on this team. And uh, this looks like a type of team that I would build. <laughs> yeah. And I think you've missed a very crucial part of his team that he has six first rounders next year. Uh, this is definitely um, a team I would build. <laughs> so, yeah. Like three, he says three early, one mid, two late. I think you did a great job in, in your rookie draft. I'm assuming yeah. that's, you know, kind of what you were looking for here. You obviously took the value that the class was going to give you, which was that wide receiver with Drake London, Burks, Olave, Sky Moore. I, I built a very similar team to this in Get Faded, it's where fun. I drafted like Drake London, Traylon Burks, 
uh, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson, Wandale Robbins. Like I, I drafted like seven wide receivers this year because my team, I'm just building up that appreciable value. I think he did the same thing uh, pretty well here. Does he want us to go over some of these trades? We can kind of just rapid fire if you want. For sure. So um, overall, looking at these trades, you guys see the first one there, traded a 2024 third for Amari Rogers pre-draft. I'll be, I'm going to keep it a buck here. I'd just rather the third. I, I don't yeah, if you like Rodgers, fine, but otherwise I'd probably just take the third. Yeah. Traded the 109 and the 111 to get the 101. Smash. So that's, I mean, that's a woodshed. You took him, took him out to the back and shot him with your BB gun. Uh, traded <laughs> Shout out. 107 and a late first for Deshaun Watson in a second. So I love that move. I think going from Fields who, I mean, I know Danny likes, I'm not even like that in on Fields. I like but, Fields. Going from Fields, who's got a questionable situation going forward, and, and solidifying a guy on a huge, massive contract who we know is a great quarterback for the price of basically a 107 and a late first, I think that's that's probably adequate value. It's a lot to give yeah. up, but if Watson makes it to that point that we think Watson can make it to, he's going to be a top five pick this time next year. Yeah, I mean, like it's a little steep on surface level, and you need some to break white, right? You still need, you know, Watson to reclaim that status uh, from a market value standpoint. But again, if, if Deshaun Watson goes out there on a point for game basis and he's giving you, I'm not going to say a Josh Allen type of numbers, but let's just say, you know, 90% of Josh Allen, let's say Josh Allen's a 26, 27 point score. Deshaun Watson's giving you, you know, 23, 24 points per game. You're more than fine with quote unquote overpaying from a market standpoint. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that move either. Uh, the next move here traded the 206, which was Trey McBride along with the 303, which was Khalil Shakir for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with that type of valuation. Okay. Uh, we got to chain a couple of these moves together because they're kind of related. So that he made that move 206 and 303 for DeAndre Hopkins. He then traded Hopkins for Thielen, the 305 and the 310, which ended up being Wandell Robinson and Brian Robinson. And then he traded Thielen for a 2023 third. So, out of that Hopkins trade, basically, he netted for the 206 and the 303, he netted the 305, 310, and a 2023 third. Uh, end premium. Um, it's probably about fair. I probably would have just gives you an held. extra swing at the bat, I suppose, yeah. if you're a rebuilding team. It's not the worst move in the world. He also traded away the 306, which ended up being Pierre Strong and a sixth rounder for the 406 and a 2024 third. So he recoups that Fine third that. and traded away, basically. For Amari Rogers, and then he traded the 406, which was Vilas Jones, for uh, the 506, which was Carson Strong, 610, which was Jalen Weidermeyer, 703, which was Ola Zacchaeus. I guess there was veterans in this sure. draft. Well, <laughs> a couple of swings at the bat for Vilas Jones. Not yeah, going to sure. blame you for that one as well. So um, I think you know you're in a productive struggle. Obviously, you got a lot of capital to spend in future years. I think you're you're probably in good shape. Okay, so before we transition to the next team, he actually has one final question here, and that is. Should I just sit on my team? Should I just feel comfortable with the status I'm in and this progressive struggle that I'm in? Or should I try trading, you know, Lance and maybe, you know, Alave or more plus something small to try to get that elite, uh, another elite quarterback to this team? Um, and I'll be honest, honestly, in this situation with Trey Lance, you're kind of just sitting on value. You're kind of just hoping because it's in the realm of possibilities where the the quarterback that you would suggest trading up for Trey Lance has talked amongst them by next year if he has a type of ceiling year that we expect of him. So in your spot, given that you're in a productive struggle, I would just kind of sit on that volatile uh, volatility. I would just kind of sit and see if Trey Lance can claim that status because worst case scenario, even if we get the full bear case of Trey Lance this year, he's still going to be a top three start out, uh, round startup pick no matter what happens. 
He's still got draft capital insulation. He's still got elite athletic ability. He's still got very, very good arm talent. So even if he has like, you know, worst case scenario, Trevor Lawrence here, like Trevor Lawrence is still a mid third round pick and startup. So in your situation, I would just sit and hope he does hit. Cause if he does hit, he's a top seven pick next year in uh, startup drafts. Yeah. He's, he's, he, it's hard to imagine unless he just plays so bad that they want to replace him, which would be a fireable offense for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to yeah. trade up three first round picks for a guy that you're going to replace after two seasons. Like he's got a pretty long leash given what they invested into him. So I, I would say I'd probably just hold Trey Lance. He's a 21 and a half year old quarterback. Like he's yeah. going to go up in value, especially if he runs like Jalen hurts ran this past year. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And also the little caveat here, the, the double positive, if you will, is that, because you're in a, pro a progressive struggle, productive struggle, you don't need him to be a huge contributor for your team this year. If he comes out, if Jimmy G starts a few games, let's just say hypothetical worst case scenario, that's probably better for you in the long haul because that's just making your pick inherently better for next year's stack class. So it's a double win for you because you're getting an appreciating asset here holding Trey Lance, and you're also making your own pick worse, which is what you want in a progressive struggle. Right. And you want to load up and get, you know, the, the Texas boy himself, uh, Amen. next year. That's I, I, if I don't get Bijan Robinson in any of the rebuilds that I'm in, I'm going to be furious, uh, for next year's class. So let's get on to uh, nut bashers team. Next <laughs> team here. Nice uh, name here. 12 team, one quarterback, half PPR team. Uh, you guys can see it on the screen there. Herbert, uh, Zach Wilson, Jordan love Mixon, Carter, Rojo, AJ Brown, Waddle, Judy, Ayuk, um, Goddard, et cetera. He has the one Oh three, the one Oh four, three first next year, four first in 2024. And then um, some other picks, a couple seconds in each class as well. He basically wants to know, should I trade some of my future first to make my team more competitive this year or just stay the course and really try for 2023 to 2024. So, and also planning on taking best players available basically to plug into the flex. I'm assuming that's going to end up being, you know, wide receivers at 103 and 104 um, and basically thoughts on the trades that he made and also some moves to make. So for starters, the guy that sticks out as a sore thumb, you have to trade Joe Mixon with this team. With, with the to. type of build that you have, Joe Mixon is sticking out like a sore thumb. He will not be fantasy relevant by the time you're ready to compete. I, at least that's the way I just view it. I don't think he's a you know generational talent at running back that's going to be productive into his 30s or into his late 20s even potentially. So Joe Mixon is what I'm looking to sell. I'm looking for any kind of first-round draft capital for him. And the funny part about this is he's probably valued in your league. You may be able to get in certain leagues, especially because it's a one quarterback from a contender, two first round picks for Joe Mixon. I think that's yeah, especially the, the relative value the capital that he currently has. I would assume that first round picks are not as valuable as, you know, you know that's why I mentioned that you plan. Yep. So if you can get, yeah, if you can get a 2023 first on 2024 first or a 2024 first and a young wide receiver or a young tight end or a young quarterback or whatever, then I would definitely be looking to do something like that. It is a one quarterback league, so you don't have to worry about the quarterback position. Justin Herbert will be in his mid twenties by the Welcome time you're ready to compete. So you're good there. Wide receiver. You still got a lot of young stud talent there. Next yeah. year's class should be very well focused on running backs as will be 2024. Um, so you fill up your running back position in the, in those groups. And then you just kind of load up a wide receivers this year. For sure. Uh, and the, there's a couple of trades listed here as well. I mean, uh, just mentioning those graphics, by the way, 103, 104, 208, 209, you mentioned best player available. You're probably going to get a lot of wide receiver help with that to already a stacked top of the line group with AJ Brown, Waddle, Judy, and Ayuk heading that core. So that's going to be a fun group to build around, especially when you're ready to compete. These trades here, by the way, I really, really like in your favor. Okay. Jonathan Taylor obviously hurts and Jalen hurts. You know, if you're a win now team, but in a one quarterback, it's not as valuable. It hurts losing that, but I mean, in your situation, I'm fine because you have Herbert as your guy long-term. 
you're able to flip that into Mixon. Wait, he got her. So he basically traded the Colts backfield away and a third for Mixon and two ones. And you upgrade from Hertz to Herbert. So like there's literally no way that I could shake this trade against you, to be honest. Like you absolutely fleece this guy. And again, given this league market where people are just going to throw first around like that, I'm I'm probably going to sell Mixon. And and I'm sure you're probably planning on selling Mixon. You probably didn't want Mixon in this trade. But I mean, the value in this is too good to pass up, I would say. When I first read that deal... I just assumed it was Khalil Herbert so I can rationalize it in my head. But you don't have Khalil Herbert. That is, in fact, Justin Herbert. So the fact that you upgraded from Hertz to Herbert and also basically got, you know, uh, Mixon and two firsts for Jonathan Taylor, Hines and third. Easy money move. This is money-making type of moves that you do. Absolutely love that for you. Next trade here, I mean, this is just taking candy from a baby. Mid-season, I get it. So this guy was gearing up for a playoff run. And at that point, Zeke was probably, you know, top five or six running back. But you got Judy a first and two seconds for Zeke and Deontay Harris. Give yourself a pat on the back because you just fleeced your league. And I'm telling you what, given the status of this team, given the plan of action that you've taken with this team, you're probably going to monopolize that prize pool for the next six years once you're ready to compete. Yeah, I would say get your uh, league buy-ins up front because people are going to yeah. want to leave this league by 2024. So um, there's not much else that I would suggest aside from trading Joe Mixon. And I, th- I think you're just spending spending your picks, stay in the course, uh, trade for some more value if you can find it. But uh, for the most part, you should be able to fill out this team uh, via the draft in 2023 and 2024. And obviously this year, I'd be looking, you know, London and Burks or, you know, Wilson and Burks with those two, uh, those two first rounds uh, picks that you have. I'm guessing based on your league market in this league, that Kenneth Walker is going to go 102 and you'll probably yeah. get Drake London at 103. Money, money in the bank if that happens. But uh, either way, any closing thoughts here? Should we transition to the next team? Now we can go on to the Nate Cousy's team, one quarterback, full PPR. You guys can see the team there. Josh Allen as the main quarterback, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, oof. Uh, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, George Kittle. Pretty clear that this team's looking to compete right away. Amen. 2023, uh, no first round pick, no second round pick. 2024 doesn't have his first, second, or third, or his first, second in 2025. So <laughs> no first round picks. He's pulling a Sonny Weaver Jr. Does not have his first round picks for the next three years. What do we got here? Yeah, so a uh, little shout out, Nate, real life friend, uh, know, know him from Hamilton. So uh wanted to plug that. He mentions here, uh, he knows he's a top three team in his league, given the structure of his league. The question, though, that he has is that with this team so clearly in the win now, would you trade? He's got a current offer on the table of a 2024 second for his Cordero Patterson. He told me right off the bat, like, if, if I was like in a different spot and, you know, my team didn't have or wasn't as committed as it was like this would be a no-brainer yes for me but given how his team is currently structured are you taking that value that's basically what he asked me you kind of need him to be honest for your team like for your like you have to win this year or else you're gonna be like fucked (laughs) i would say because those running backs are ticking time bombs in terms of like what their value is gonna end up being and what their production too is gonna end up being a year you know year and a half from now by mid season, even those guys like Zeke and some of those guys might not be very valuable. So I would say that you, you, you I would hold Cordero Patterson because you might need him if those guys miss some games. My counter to that is that if he's offering you a 2024 20, second for CPAT right now, I would take the second now and use that for a potential transition in season. Cause I feel yeah. like that second's going to hold a lot more value by the time the season comes than Cordero Patterson will, especially if we're, you know, Tyler Algier hype in the off season or, 
He's going to play a, a slot-only role as opposed to that multi-threat type of role he played last year. There's more volatility, more risk in holding Cordell Patterson, especially at this point in the offseason, that I would take the two now and then just use it on a, a veteran piece or use it on, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to get a Leonard Fournette, James Conner type this year, but like whoever that is next year who emerges, you can use that as collateral to get an upgrade to make that push because you have to go try to win. Given the status, given the draft capital, you have to go try to win. Um, but that 2024 second is going to be a more valuable asset to move to try to win than Cordell Patterson will be, in my opinion. Right. And the, the other thing that I will say is the the hinging factor of how your league or how you don't win the championship is these running backs. And while these guys still have a lot of value, I would see if you can get younger at that position. If you yeah. can transition Dalvin Cook into ETN plus or, you know, J.K. Dobbins plus, Cam Akers plus, whatever, and you can somehow transition Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott into two second and third year running backs, then you can compete longer than just this year with this team. Yeah. Because the wide receivers, while they're up there in age, Adams, Hill, Diggs, should still be pretty good, pretty valuable a year from now. So you might be able to transition this into a one-year win from a one-year window to a two-year window if you get younger at that position. So if you can flip Dalvin Cook for Travis Etienne plus or you know J.K. Dobbins or you know Cam Akers or something like that, I would probably be looking to do something like that. Perfect trade. I mean, even if you you know you want a big plus added, I probably will end up having Leonard Fournette ahead of Dalvin Cook in my redraft rankings. His current market value is well below that of a Dalvin Cook. If you can get you know Leonard Fournette and another win now type of piece for Dalvin Cook, I'd be looking to do it in the structure. Same thing with a guy like James Conner. If you can get, let's just say hypothetically, I mean Adam Thielen would have been the perfect transition, but what do you think you can get on top of like a James Conner, Leonard Fournette? For Dalvin Cook, given the current market, um, when you now could probably you could probably get like I don't think you'd get like Keenan Allen necessarily, but you could probably Michael get like Thomas? Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, Mike Evans, maybe someone like that. I was gonna say like maybe Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas. If somebody's really down on him, I I would say that it, that it that would be the thing that I would try and do is if you can yeah. transition this running back core before these guys before you're left holding the bag like the video that I made uh, a couple uh, like a month ago or whatever. You want to try and do that if you can. If you worst case scenario, you go into the season, you try and compete with those guys. You're probably going to be okay from that perspective. But I would see if you can get out before you're holding the bag. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Just look to transition those highly valued uh, veterans now. You can compete, right? You even if even if ETN and Dobbins are your top two running backs, and they're you know 15, 12 to fifteen point per game scores, they're not necessarily difference makers like Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook might be this year. Devontae Adams is going to score 20 points a game. Tyreek Hill is going to score 18, 20 points a game. Stephon Diggs is going to score 22 points a game. Josh Allen's going to score 25 points a, a game. George Kittle, George Kittle is going to score 15 points a game. Like your, your team is strong enough around if you have weaker running backs than you currently have right now, which again, I, I don't, there's no guarantee that ETN is not better than Dalvin Cook next year. And same with uh, JK Dobbins. I think you're in a, you're pretty good spot if you can transition to those young guys. Yep, no, for sure. So uh, I agree with your assessment there, Corey. Uh, we can transition into the next team, and that's going to be from Jesse. So you guys can see the team on the screen. He says here it is a 12-team dynasty league, two quarterback slash super flex league with a half PPR scoring setting. So overall, main quarterbacks he has here are Kyler Murray and Derek Carr. Running backs, you got James Conner, Damian Harris, etc. there. Wide receivers, uh, the money-making spot here. 
CD Lamb, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, etc. There, very, very stacked core. And then at tight end, he also has TJ Hawkinson. So overall, uh, he kind of just wanted us to look at his draft picks and kind of give him an overall assessment on the team. So when you're looking at this, what are your main thoughts here, Corey? So the obvious like thing that stands out to me as like a weak point is the fact that you don't have a quarterback three that is a starter. I mean, I guess technically Sam Darnold's a starting quarterback and maybe Heineke has some value as well, but that's kind of a, a, a dicey point for me. And then obviously too, your running back core is, is less than ideal. Um, if you had a really, really stacked quarterback core, wide receiver core, tight end core, I think you could get away with like a zero RB, James Connor, Damian Harris, Tyler Algier, Sony Michelle type of core. Maybe those guys, if things break right, are good enough for you to get that done. But um, I would say that your running back core is a little bit dicey. This is kind of like a wait and see midseason type of team for me. Because if James Conner is as good as he was last year, then you're probably fine at running back. Because I'm sure Damian Harris, between Damian Harris, Tyler Algier, Ronald Jones, and Sony Michelle, you can you know, uh, make up RB2 production for that RB2 slot. And then the rest of your team should be good enough to carry you to a decent record. Um, but overall, I, I think this is this is a little bit of a house of cards type of build, but it, it could work out. Yep. No, I, I agree with you there. He also mentions a, a few trades that he made, and then we can also look at um, some of the some of the picks he made there. But uh, he wanted us to look at these trades and give our honest thoughts on them. So the first one received Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown in exchange for Devontae Adams, Matthew Stafford, and Kareem Hunt. Whenever the chance I can get a top six overall asset in Dynasty without giving up an arm and a leg, I'm fine with it. Yeah, on the surface level, you know, giving up Stafford, Adams, and Hunt, that's very, very valuable pieces for a player trying to win now. But in the long term, I mean, Kyler Murray is an elite level difference maker at the quarterback position. Myself and Corey both really, really love the aspect of Hollywood Brown. Not to mention you get the little stack there with Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, you know, the Oklahoma boys back in action. So overall, I'm more than fine with giving up that type of package to go up and lock a secured, insulated asset like Kyler Murray while also getting a top 24-ish type of dynasty wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. Yeah, and from a startup value perspective, you're looking at, you know, a top six pick, a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick with Hollywood Brown yep. for two third round picks, maybe a third and a fourth round with Stafford and uh, and Adams, and then Kareem Hunt's like a 10th, 11th round pick. So. Yep. Uh, from a startup value perspective, I think if you break that down, it looks really, really good as well. And I'll let you kind of just rattle off these next couple trades. For sure. Uh, he also says here, he received Gerald Everett in the 309 and sent McKissick in the 311. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, if you need a tight end, go ahead. I, I, I personally am a little, little bit more bullish on McKissick. But I mean, at the end of the day here, you're talking about an RB5 versus a tight end too and a couple picks. Well, it's not that big of a deal. This deal is a big deal and uh we both love it if you you clearly watched Corey's uh go buy these wide receivers now video because elijah moore for the 110 i will just say this right now if you guys are out there and you can currently acquire elijah moore for the equivalent of the 110 in this year's rookie draft you send those offers right the heck now elijah moore 110 absolute steal absolute money in the bank deal yeah, like if Elijah Moore was in this rookie class, he would be in the top five tier with the other wide receivers and, and Drake my one and three. Brees Hall. Like he would be right behind Drake London at 103 for me if he was yep. in this class. No, I agreed with you there. Um, he also has a couple other deals here. I received the 210 and the 302 and sent Galdi and MVS. More than fine with that. I mean, yeah, the, uh, cool. The boat relative value. He also received the 208 and sent the 210 and the 2023 third. So, you clearly were eyeing somebody at the 208, which was David Bell. So that's yeah, I'm fine more than that, fine right? with that. Yeah. Yeah. David Bell should not be there at the 208. So I like that yeah. uh, move for you there. 
Um, then he also says, I was going to look into maybe trading Mike Evans, Derek Carr, James Conner for 2023 draft capital in season if his team doesn't start well. So kind of, I already, I didn't even see this part before I said that, but yeah, that makes some sense to me. If your season yeah. doesn't start well, if your running back core is just completely bottomed out and nobody's really giving you good production, I would also do the same thing. I would trade yeah. Carr probably has a little bit more long-term value. You don't necessarily think you need to trade Carr, but Connor and Evans for sure, I would say would yeah. be guys that I would put on the block at that point in time. And then for, as far as your rookie draft, you got Garrett Wilson at 107. Like that's yeah. just the dumbest thing ever. I don't care that you have Elijah Moore on your team already. Garrett Wilson's at 107. Yep. That that discussion only comes in at 104 or 103. Where I'm like, I have Elijah Moore already. Maybe I go Burks over Wilson just because I have Elijah Moore. But yeah. that's the discussion, right? Like after, if Garrett Wilson falls after those guys, then you take him. No, I actually remember he acquired Elijah Moore after already taking Garrett Wilson because he messaged me on Twitter. He's like, oh, I just took Garrett Wilson, but now somebody's offering me, you know, Elijah Moore for the 110. I'm like, I don't care who I have on my roster. If you can get Elijah Moore for the 110, you go and right. take it. And it was the same thing with the David Bell deal. He's like, oh, like it, 210 and a third might be stretching, but if I go to 208, it's David Bell. I'm like, go up and get David Bell. So I think I had a little bit of an influence here, but uh, either way, I mean, looking at the structure of this team, looking where your main money-making assets are long-term, building out that wide receiver core, being able to sell, as you mentioned, you know, guys like Connor Evans, et cetera, for 2023 capital. And then build out, again, that RB core. These next couple draft classes are filled with supreme running back prospects. This is why we've kind of been on the FSC channel citing why we want to build our wide receivers early. The running back prospects coming in, I've kind of mentioned off camera as well, but these running back prospects, I wouldn't be shocked by 2024. We're talking about 15 plus running backs that are taking starting jobs. That's how good and that's how talented these oncoming players are. So if we know that, if we know we can build out a wide receiver core and then from an opportunity cost standpoint, get a better cost-effective version of you know filling out our team with these next two oncoming classes, that's why we prefer going zero RB or hero RB, if you will, in most of our dynasty startup builds. And looking at this, you're clearly of that mindset as well. I love the structure of this team. Yeah, it's not necessarily because we hate all running backs. It's because yeah. we know that we're going to get opportunity co or cost-effective solutions at that position in the next two draft classes. So yeah. that's why we're building it. It's it's a similar transition because all these like major fantasy-relevant running backs that we've had for the last couple of years are all approaching their age apex, touch apexes, and Kamara, McCaffrey, Chubb, Mixon, Dalvin Cook, all these dudes, Derrick Henry, all these guys are approaching that that area where we saw, you know, five years ago or whatever, when they came into the league, they were replacing DeMarco Murray, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, all the guys that were getting up there in age at that point in time. So we're going to see probably another kind of shift in the running back landscape from these two draft classes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the main pieces we, we recognize right now are all 2016, 17 running backs. Then we got that little cycle of 2020 and 2021. I think our next little cycle is going to be 2023 and 2024. So uh, let's move on to Peyton's team here before we go too yep. long on the uh, running back love. Not used to it. If you guys, um, if you guys made it to this point in the video, by the way, just comment. You know, FSC really does love running backs at that <laughs> point. So uh, Peyton's team here. He actually sent this to me like a couple weeks ago, and I, I forgot about it. So I apologize to him for getting him on so late. But uh, twelve team, one quarterback, half PPR dynasty. This is in the fourth year of the league. Justin Fields is his main quarterback with Tua and Matt Ryan, J.K. Dobbins, Saquon Barkley, Cam Akers as his main running backs, Jamar Chase. Chris Godwin, Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman Jr. as his main wide receivers. Also has Henry Ruggs with a sad face there. I feel that. Uh, Mark mm. Andrews uh, at the tight end position, 102. He is actually in the middle of his rookie draft right now, and he took Drake London at 102, so obviously no Love complaints that. there. It's who we would have taken as well. Also has uh, next year a uh, 2023 first and three seconds 
Um, let's go over these trades real fast. Um, it's actually hilarious that you made this pre-draft trade because I made almost the exact same trade in a league yesterday. Um, he traded away the 105 and 206 for the 102. I actually traded away the 105 and 205 for the 102 in a draft yesterday. So going up from, you know, whoever of London, um, Burks and Wilson falls to get, you know, Drake London for sure. I'm cool with making that trade. The 206 yeah. probably ended up being, you Darth know, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, somebody like that. That's a fine opportunity cost for me to pay to go up and get Drake London. He also made some trades during the season. I don't know if we're going to have time to go through those real fast, but uh, J.K. Dobbins, he got in exchange or he traded. Yeah, it. sorry. Yeah, I'm fine with this. Uh, he got J.K. Dobbins in 2023 second for the 110 Darnell Mooney. Let's say, I mean, our 110 is the David Bell, or David Bell, but for the most part, you're going to see a guy like Christian Watson or you know James, James Cook there. I'm just fine with going up and getting a guy like Dobbins at that cost and I mean, a 2023 second, you know, let's just say hypothetically that's slated to mid. I wouldn't be shocked if a 2023 mid second is a comparable player to what you're getting at the 110 this year. So, or Darnell uh, Mooney, too. I think yeah, that's probably also exactly. comparable. Uh, he, so, traded, he received Brian Edwards. That sucks. Uh, um, for Jeff Wilson and Daniel Jones. I mean, not like he gave up anything. We can kind of yeah, just whatever. The next one. Ronald Jones in 307 for sure. Jimmy G and Robbie Anderson. Sure. Uh, mid season, this one's pain. Henry Ruggs, Darnell Mooney, and the 110 for Stephon Diggs in the 306. So, out of Stephon, I mean, you you were able to turn Darnell Mooney in the one ten for uh, J.K. Dobbins essentially. So um, it's basically like you got J.K. Dobbins in a second for the three hundred six and Stephon Diggs. So I, I'm cool with that trade. I don't think that's yeah, you know, crazy. And then, uh, oh my god, he, he got, got Michael, Michael Pittman for Antonio Brown this <laughs> season. So that is definitely awesome. And then Denzel Mims, he's kind of dead to everybody. So that one really doesn't matter. Um, basically, his main questions were: Is he a contender for this year? What should he be looking to do with the rest of his draft picks and anybody we'd be looking to trade away from? So on the clock right now, he has actually sent me the draft board. He is eyeing Spiller or McBride at 205, I believe it is here. Um, based on this draft board, what direction would you be going? Uh, so this is a one quarterback, correct? Uh, yes, it is a one quarterback. Um, I, th I mean, he mentioned Spiller, McBride. They are definitely uh, the two main you know, pieces you look for, given the structure of this team, given the fact that you're stacked a wide receiver for the most part, I don't mind, you know, gearing towards that. I probably honestly, given the status of your running back room, I wouldn't mind getting Trey McBride there, you know, get a locked in starter for a wet, if Andrews misses time, you know, a bye week fill in. And it, I, I found that it's never bad adding another productive tight end uh, to your team. So I, I don't mind spending two or five capital in a one quarterback league on a guy like Trey McBride. Yeah, I'm assuming at this point in the draft, Algier, Damian Pierce, Wandell Robinson yeah. are off the board, who would be my main targets around this area of the draft at Agreed. 205. And uh, Rashad White's probably gone as well, along with James Cook, George Pickens, Christian Watson and stuff. So, yeah, given this board, I, I'd i probably just go with Spiller, personally. I, I'm I fine with that, too. He could definitely appreciate in value. I, I'm not necessarily saying you draft Spiller and you keep him and start him on your roster. I just think he has a better chance of appreciating in value than Trey McBride. So I would probably just go with with Isaiah Spiller midseason. If Austin Eckler misses a couple games, maybe you flip him at that point in time. Or if he has like a solidified role, maybe you flip him at that point in time. I'd probably go with Isaiah Spiller. Yep. No, I'm fine with that. But either way, uh, can we transition to the next team? Is there anything else we should cover? Here? Um, the last question you had was, can he okay. compete this year? So um, with, with like, so your quarterback position is a little sketchy, but it is a one quarterback league. Justin Fields, between Justin Fields and Tua and Matt Ryan, I think you should be able to piece together like streamable quarterback one production I think you're um, one year away. The running back core I think is good enough to compete Jamar Chase Godwin Devontae Smith Pittman honestly I, I think this team can compete 
you can compete. Now, do do I think you're going to be a top two team in your league? No, but I think you could be probably in that middle middle chunk of playoff teams. You know, the three to five type of range. I can see. Um, however, I do think that you can potentially create this into a dominant team by 2023. Yeah, for sure. I think say. you should have a a good case to make this a really really good team by then. So, um, uh, Justin Fields is a big piece of this. If he becomes like an elite co- uh, Konami code quarterback, that's my question. I definitely think this yeah. team has a good chance and it's probably a top two team in your league. So um, yeah. I, I'm actually fine with it. And if you wanted to potentially see what you can get for Justin Fields, if you can transition into a little bit more of a win now type of quarterback, Russell I wouldn't Wilson. mind that at all. Uh, if Russell you can Wilson. transition, pardon? Russell Wilson. Yeah. If you could transition Justin Fields into Russell Wilson, or if you could transition Tua into Tom Brady, I wouldn't mind that either. Or Aaron oh, yeah. Rodgers, potentially. Yeah. No, I like that. That, that. That'd be a good move as well. Uh, so overall, we we did cover all the questions here, I believe. Oh, uh, pick three to cut, if you will. So Henry Ruggs is already cut. So, I mean, like pain there. Um, I would probably say the other two would be, for me, what? Salvin Ahmed and Denzel Mims? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he needs three, including Ruggs, but I would go Mims, Ruggs, Salvin Ahmed, and um, probably probably Devontae Booker is the last one. Yeah, or DJ Dallas, either or. or. Hill. I think Kylan Hill tore his yeah. Achilles or some shit. I could probably yeah. just cut him, too. Yeah, honestly, a lot a lot of those cloggers, I wouldn't just mind cutting. Just yeah, yeah. I, I, if you told me you had to cut five running backs, I wouldn't mind it. Like, there's not a whole lot of outside of your like main four or five guys. Like, there's not a whole lot of depth that I don't mind losing. Uh, let's get on to Shebang's team yep. here. Let's try and keep this one under an hour if we can. Yeah. Twelve try teams, to... superflex, two tight end premium. I'll let you take it away with his team for sure. So he doesn't list here if there's a tight end slot. So I'm assuming that there's no tight end, but there is a tight end premium for, is what the buy by golf from this. So you guys see the main piece is quarterback Deshaun Watson. There is your main quarterback piece, running backs, Gibson, ETN, et cetera, wide receivers, McLaurin, Burks, et cetera, there. And at tight end, you have Rob Gronkowski along with the oncoming rookie class. You're able to collect here thus far and Traylon Burks, Kenneth Walker, Sky Moore, and Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce at the three Oh three is probably the latest I have ever seen him, by the way. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild to me that a running back with that much opportunity in front of him could fall that far. Yep, for he he lists here uh, made a few moves since the last time you guys reviewed my team. Something I'm a year away from being a contender. Uh, I would I would agree with that as well, especially. Um, yeah, no, I would agree with that. You got to rely on a lot of rookie wide receivers if you wanted to be a contender this year, for sure. For sure. Uh, what do you think of the moves I made, and what other moves should I be looking to make? So he traded away the 107 and the 203 for McLaurin. He says iffy in my eyes. Lol. I'd agree with you there. Um, I mean, 107 for me is currently Jameson Williams, and he's not really far off of Terry McLaurin in my personal wide receiver ranking. So if you were contending, I would be comfortable with it. But in your position, as you mentioned, you think you're a year away. I do think it's a lot more volatility, a lot more risk than I would want to uh, acquire. Getting a 27-year-old wide receiver for, you know, Jameson Williams, 21 years old, who has the potential to increase and appreciate in value past this year, which I don't think Terry McLaurin has that opportunity to do so. I would agree with you there is it is an iffy move in my opinion. Yeah, McLaurin would have to have like a Calvin Ridley level breakout yep. probably to go up in value from where he's currently at. Um, and even then he, he'd still probably be a little harder to move next year than it. Cause if Jamison Williams has like a stretch of games for like six weeks, like Elijah Moore had last year, he'll be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver, like stamp and shut. For sure. Um, he also mentions here, Brandon cooks, he gave, and he ended up receiving Albert Owen a second. I'm fine with that move. Given the, the position of your team, Two tight, tight end, end premium. premium, two tight end premium. So I, I don't mind making that move there. Um, you're not going to compete this year. Brandon Cooks is just going to produce points for you. You want to inherently decrease uh, or increase the value of your own pick. Don't mind that move. The next move, I will say, I think you could have probably got a little bit more, but 
the fact right, I'm assuming actually if Sky Moore was on the clock or on the board when you traded for the 110, more than fine with making that move. So looking at this, what Alan Robinson, Adam Thielen, Washington's like a, a what, mid, late third, fourth type of piece, whatever. Well, he got Washington and the 110 for Robinson and Thielen. So yeah, like I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with that move. If Sky yeah. Moore is going to benefit your team more than more. veteran wide receivers, but like Danny said, I think you if you sold them individually, you may have gotten a little bit more than that. But given the fact that both of those guys are probably like early to mid second round values, you essentially traded two early to mid seconds for James Washington in the yeah. 110. I don't think that's that. terrible given Sky Moore yeah. is on the board and he's my 108, not my 110. So the next moves, I would say, um, again, you don't you don't intend to compete this year because you just said you don't want to compete this year. Tom Brady's got to be off your roster. Tom Brady yeah. is way more valuable to somebody that wants to compete this year. Heck, you might be able to net, you know, Tom Brady in a second might be able to transition you into a first for a guy that's trying to win the championship. And I'm not passing up on that opportunity. A couple other names I would Give listen to. Give him Gronk and Brady. Yeah. Um, and see if you can get, you know, maybe wait until Gronk comes back. If he, Because I, I do think he's going to come back, by the way, for, for those of you guys that have Gronk. I think he's going to come back close to training camp. If you can trade the Gronk-Brady stack, and a second round pick for a 2024 first or a 2023 first, go, go ahead and do it. If you have a team structured like this, he also said to um, he's looking at trading Gibson potentially for picks next year. Yes. The 100%. one thing though about Gibson is that like, I think his value at his, is at a very, very low point to the point that it might be even higher in season than it is now. I don't know if, if somebody comes out right now and says, I will give you a 2023 first straight up for Gibson. I'm not thinking twice. I'm not. I, I agree, but I'm not sure. It, it's all going to depend on your league's like individual market. 100%. I think the, the more reactive your market is in your league, the less likely you're going to get a first round pick for Antonio Gibson. And if you can't get a first round pick for him, whether it's next year or in 2024, I probably would just hold him and wait until the season comes because I think you'll be able to get one in season. Because I think the the Brian Robinson pick is is a little little overblown uh, as it currently stands. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm a little bit more pessimistic on Gibson because of the injury history, because of the fact that they're kind of signaling their intentions this offseason, that I'm more willing to trade Gibson because I am I am concerned about his potential ceiling. But um, it all depends on what your league market is offering. If your league market is trying to lowball you, I'm fine with just waiting. But if you can get, as I mentioned, 2023 first, straight up right now for Gibson, I am taking it 100 times out of 100. Um but either way, transitioning off of Shebang's team, we can get into the final team of the video, trying to keep this under an hour, currently at about 55 minutes. That's going to be from Elite Gamer. So rapid fire here, quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Zach Wilson, running backs, DeAndre Swift heading that group, along with Javante Williams and Kenneth Walker. Wide receiver, Jamar Chase, uh, Amari Cooper, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, et cetera there. And at tight end, you have Dallas Goddard, along with three 2023 seconds and two 2023 thirds. So he basically just kind of wanted us to go through his trades and give us uh, give him our thoughts. So rapid fire. You sent away Chase Claypool, 301 and 306 to get Brandon Cooks, 208 and 209. I'm fine with that move. Honestly, Brandon Cooks and Chase Claypool, depending on how your team is built, uh, are relatively similar value. Given the fact that you have a win-now type of roster here, I'm fine with getting the point production from Brandon Cooks over Chase Claypool this year. Yeah, I'm hoping you have a lot of flexes because you have like nine wide receivers that are startable yeah. in fantasy. But, like, I mean, you listed Jamison Williams, Brandon Cooks, Amonra St. Brown, Jerry Judy, David Bell and George Pickens and Robert Woods is et cetera. Like that's how deep his wide receiver core is. <laughs> so um, I, I really like that move. I think Brandon Cooks, if you can you know, get him into your lineup, is going to move the needle in a full PPR league. You also uh, sent away the 105, the 208, 
the 209 in exchange for Elijah Moore, a 2023 second and a 2023 third. So those final two picks cancel each other out. I would rather have the 2023 third than the 209, 2023 second than the 208, you know, if you package those two things together. And then I would rather have Elijah Moore than the 105. So I, I do like that move for you. Yep. Uh, next trade, 107. He got in exchange for Lockett in 203. Given the depth you have a wide receiver, I don't mind just getting that upgrade there. So it was probably fine. Jamison Williams that he picked with that too. More than fine with that move. You end up also being able to keep a 105 in the 2024 second for Nick Chubb in the 210. Absolute sharp move there. Love that. Looks like transition. that was Garrett Wilson that he picked with that 105 too. Absolute W. Love that move there for you. And then the final deal here, Tyler Boyd, who was never going to sniff your lineup along with the 2024 third for 206, which I mean, it doesn't say who you got here, but I'm... Maybe it was David uh, Bell, George Pickens, maybe. David Bell or Pickens, yeah. So, I mean, I would I would rather both of those than Boyd and a third. So, I think he did a good job there. But overall, that was very, very good. Very, very fast. Two and a half minutes. We rapid fired it. And we both agree that we like all of these deals in your favor. Yeah, and there's not many moves that I would make going forward to um, Russell Wilson. It, like your starting lineup is going to be like Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, DeAndre yeah. Swift, Kenneth Walker, some combination of those running backs. Your flex is mostly going to be wide receivers, Jamar Chase, and you know Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, if he's you know on the field, the Monroe St. Brown. All those guys can kind of just mix into your lineup uh, week over week, given matchups, and then Dallas Goddard's mostly going to um, hold down your tight end core. So. I think you're in a great spot. Um, don't have your first next year, but I mean, it's going to be late anyway, and you have three seconds. So I'm, I'm definitely, um, you know, in the camp that you're in a great position here. The one thing I will say is maybe you, you can transition Amari Cooper into a better win now wide receiver. If you can transition Amari Cooper and you got to throw in like George Pickens to get Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, or Michael Thomas, I would probably do something like that. Mark Cooper might actually have higher relative keep trade cut value than Michael Thomas right now, which is like fucking ludicrous. Yeah, I agree with you. Never happen. But if you, I, I'm okay taking two wide receivers and transitioning them into a better mm -hmm. one that can help you win now right away. So if you could take Amari Cooper and George Pickens or Amari Cooper and Jerry Judy or Amon Ross St. Brown and go get Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, or Keenan Allen, who are going to be better win now type of guys for you, I wouldn't mind that at all. You might be able to get a Deontay for that. Maybe. Yeah, Fair maybe. Market. It all depends on how Amari Cooper is valued in your league. Um, 100%. That's the end of the video. We uh trying to keep this under, uh you know, an hour. It by editing, it should be under there. So uh, if you guys enjoyed at any point, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. Check out the Patreon. Check out Underdog Fantasy using promo code FSE for 100% back on whatever you put in. Gives you some great practice for your upcoming drafts this summer. Peace out, guys. We'll talk to you soon.